If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of a Capital Fourth. Join your host Vanessa Williams with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali E. Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's a Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines. Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. My life is now a Maximo Park lyric, Craig. I've got no one to call in the middle of the night anymore. <laughs> I don't know any of their fucking lyrics. That's the one I know. Um, the hit home. Don't start wearing the hat. Whatever you do. Does, did you wear a hat? Yeah, it was like super new to his head. I think he started going bald. Okay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 175 of the No Encore Podcast. It's a podcast about music. Went straight into it there. Well, we talked for 11 minutes about my personal life. (laughs) Deep, meaningful conversation. If we set up a Patreon, which we probably should do at some point. If we set up a Patreon. Bonus content. With the 11 and a half minutes that we talked off mic for only producer Alan's ears there. (laughs) Would that be like the thing? Um, I don't know of that specific one, but maybe <laughs> <laughs> less explosive content, maybe. I've had a few of those. Do you remember the other one? Like that time, it was uh, like 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, and yeah. I remember like sending it to someone and I remember it accidentally being played out loud in an office once. <laughs> was like, Hold on, what? Yeah. Just someone's headphone thing came out? Exactly, or... okay, yeah. yeah. And I was in the uh, same office and I literally was like, that sounds like my voice telling <laughs> that story. Oh my God. And I ran over to his computer and just like pressed every button possible to try yeah. and make everything explode. So, yeah. We've said it before, regular Sonic Architect, Eve Murray, has so much dirt on us. Just embarrassing stuff. Just our innermost feelings. Yeah. 
Um, but she's one she, of us, though. She is, yeah. That's why never we never abandon us. Never that's why we weaponize <laughs> our content. <laughs> we've allowed her to take holidays, and she's still on her holidays. We love you, Eve. Uh, I want to thank Connor Reed for uh, editing last week's episode, yeah. Dahi for editing the previous week's episode, and Alan Bennett for editing this episode. I also want to thank last week's co-host Nilo, who yes. stepped in and saved the day. He actually saved the day again after the podcast. Would you believe? Oh, what did he do? I was coming Get around. around. <laughs> <laughs> You've saved the day. <laughs> Once again, my good man. <laughs> I was uh, emerging from therapy there uh, during the week, and I was walking down the hill in like where I go to therapy. I was about to, I was about to say where I go, but I don't do that. And I was just kind of in a bit. Of, it was it was a tough session, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as these things often are. And I was just kind of like walking around, like, and I was just like not really collecting my thoughts, but just whatever. And then a car went by, and the window rolled down, and a smiling face emerged. <laughs> And it was Nilo. And I got in the car and he drove me back to where I live with oh. a dog in the back of the car. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the dog. So, yeah, it was connection. a really nice, it was a very nice pick me up. So, good. Yeah. yeah, he's a soothing presence. I was wondering if you're going to maybe go completely solo when it, like, when it emerged from myself and Dahi would both be off. And I was like, is Dave just going to be like, I thought if this a world. I thought about it, yeah. I almost did. Yeah, I mean, I would have listened. Yeah. Um, I was slightly concerned it would have been the start of your descent into like, Alex Jones territory. Not like the conspiracies, but just where you're like, do you know what? I can speak for five hours and just <laughs> build a compound and start my empire alone. There'll definitely be an episode someday when I go just totally solo, yeah. yeah. And I wonder what it will be like. Maybe I'll just pretend that you're still here. Yeah, what do you think, Craig? <laughs> what did you... I do my voice. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's not bad, oh. yeah. What did you think of... <laughs> you went away for a festival. Yeah, I went to Bilbao, to BBK. To snub my birthday. <laughs> yeah, that was the express purpose. It was a bit last minute, but I was like, oh no, Dave's birthday's coming up. I must leave town. Better get out of here. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that's me from now on. It's like, no more Irish festivals. I'm just going to plan my holidays around festivals. I know abroad. very little about so this good. one, so can you break it all down? Um, so it's like longitude sized, but it's very much not like longitude. It's like on a mountain slope above Bilbao, so it looks spectacular. It's... Yeah, I guess I guess it's like a 40k capacity thing. The Strokes are headlining. Rosalia got probably, but for, apart from the Strokes, the biggest crowd of the weekend. She had like a massive show. What does from the Barcelona. BBK stand for? I think it's a bank, which kind of slightly takes it down in terms ah. of the hip factor. But um, So did you go to every day? No, I got there on the Thursday, but just did touristy stuff. Um, Liam Gallagher was playing... Tom York was playing, who was the one person I would have gone to, but no, I did the Friday and the Saturday, and then that was it. But it was like, it was 36 degrees on Thursday when I got there, so it's just like, <laughs> all the main acts, like there's a full day of like Spanish acts, which I didn't catch any of, I don't was, think. Uh, did you round a street corner to find Santana and Rob Thomas <laughs> playing to no, a No, I turned gallery. every corner looking and just, no. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's a hot one. That, yeah, joke, all the shows, th- that joke is, is so run into the ground, but I don't care. All the shows start, like all the kind of headliners and stuff, start mad late. So, I don't know, I think the strokes were on at two in the morning. How'd that go? It was fantastic. How were they? So good. Because they're, they're, playing, they're playing picnic, they're headlining picnic, yeah. and everyone's wondering what extremely version of the strokes tight. are going to get. No, extremely tight. Um, they played mainly the first two albums. I think they did three or four songs from the third one. Nothing from the last two albums <laughs> whatsoever. No new songs. They seemed in good form, though. Like, Julian was joking around with Albert. 
Um, did he seem in any way different than when we saw him with the voids or is he very much in that kind of well he wasn't rolling around on the ground like (laughs) i'm having a time of it um that was a stressful night for him i think because uh, obviously you interviewed him him. (laughs) (laughs) he was was flight stuff and yeah um the actual the voids played the previous night so i didn't i wasn't there for them um you didn't go see human sadness no, it's, a, it's an epic tune. But you know, he seemed in really good form. And my reading material for the holiday was Meet Me in the Bathroom. I finally bought it. Right. Yes. Did you have you finished it? Yep, I finished it on Sunday. It's tremendous. Did you not think it was insanely overwritten? Uh, well, hold on. Overwritten? Yeah. She, like they're interviews. There's no As injections. In, there's it's some, all quotes. No, it's so long. It's exhausting. It's six hundred pages. It doesn't of, need to be. Well, there's some like the chapter on some like um mi- like misshapes nightclub or something they talk about some club night and like <laughs> they're talking as if they're like groundbreaking because they had a photo wall and it goes on for pages and pages and, and she also like, has like it was friend. just for the kids she has a friend who's like some blogger type and like it's clearly her best mate so her best mate gets all this play and she's like led to be this big influence oh but type. i think that's your one from the modern age like she was pretty important really lore or something or i think yeah I there was sections that. that i was like these aren't my people I'll go back to the strokes the dfa stuff is just like they're by far like the oldest crew and they're absolute children. They all seem kind of contemptible, don't they? Oh, it's big time, yeah. Like, it's just I like how David Holmes got the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he seems like a very nice man. He but comes he's painted as well, just yeah. an absolute, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe it took you this long to read it. I know. I'd like. It's ha- you, for I'd fuck's seen, sake. Yeah, I'd, I'd read kind of chunks and stuff. Um, like, I'd expect to open up a photograph in this book and see you in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, The Shining. I loved it. I thought the strokes came across really well. The Ryan Adams stuff was as bad as you remember. <laughs> like, he is essentially Rick James on The Chevelle And show. this is pre-cancellation. Just, like, yeah, like, so. just contradicting him stuff about, like, everything. Um, Carnot was coolness. In- Paul Banks was kind of interesting. Kind mm. of went into a few deep, meaningful bits and bobs. Vampire Weekend pop up is like these, like oh, fresh, it's so good, fresh faced, it's so baby faces good. that that like, give just the, like take over, give the like, book a bit of a lift, and, yeah, and to have some actual like commercial success. Mm. It's just like yeah, it's five hundred pages of bands falling apart and being like yeah, and then I moved on to heroin, and Ezra pops up and he's just like my favorite drug is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, incredible! But yeah, um, definitely recommend it. If I was probably the last one to read it, actually, to be honest, what an indie trip this was for you i know yeah. what else from the festival was good and bad anyone terrible um no there was no one too dreadful brockhampton were great vince staples was very good he didn't have the biggest crowd and he was a bit kind of like aggressive but that added to it i don't know what's going on there apparently as long as you didn't pull a big crowd either yeah it was a bit odd maybe we just love him more than most i think do. he's not as big a deal as we think he is i think he might be like so a like kind of blaze. critical darling yeah, yeah. Like, the plays would be the biggest band in the world yeah. <laughs> it's like no they're not <laughs> Um, who else was very good? Weezer, I had fun at. It was crazy. I was like, I can't believe I'm at a, I'm at a Weezer headline slot. You sent us a video <laughs> that I duly ignored. Oh my god. They did so many covers. They did Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is just like fucking atrocious. They're so a joke band. They did Take On Me, which was great. They did Africa, because of course they did. They opened with Buddy Holly. Uh, I'd leave after Buddy Holly I'd be like grand I've got it bye (laughs) but the crowd was so big and everyone was losing their mind it was great you just had to give into it and be like yeah they were good for like two years back in the 90s 
Um, so that was enjoyable. Lots of English bands kind of apologising for Brexit. <laughs> like Idols, of course, were just like... Did you go see Britain. them? Yeah, they were great. Are they worth the hype? Really good. The sound was a bit dodge. I was like to the right of stage and it didn't quite carry. But yeah, their performance was like tremendous. Full okay. of energy. Your man's quite charismatic. Switched it up a lot. Um, the Good, the Bad and Queen were amazing. Again, Damon Albarn was like... Say he was two bottles of really good Spanish wine in, and he was just like having a great time, but also like, fuck Brexit, and yeah, um, it was very, very good. Crowd demographic and general vibes and friendliness, total what? mix. Um, Rosalie's night was probably like the youngest crowd, um, but wasn't like a longitude crowd because they were all friendly and sober and not like, I don't know, I wasn't at this year's longitude, but you know. They were well-behaved young people. Um, lots of kind of older guys in band t-shirts for like bands that were not playing and probably never played. Like tour t-shirts for a Pearl Jam from like 20 years ago. Guns and Roses. I don't know. It was a um, weird vibe. I didn't go because obviously I wouldn't go. But like Neil Young and Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan yeah. played in Kilkenny there. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about it though. David Tapley of Tandon Felix was there. Okay. I think he had a good time. Um, he sent me a photograph of Neil Young wearing, as as Tapley himself put it, what appeared to be a seven euro pennies t-shirt. <laughs> it was terrible looking. Um, but yeah, I, they played together. They signed together for the first time in 25 years. Really? In Kilkenny, having yeah. played Hyde Park two days prior. What? So hold on, they were on the same bill in yeah. Hyde Park and they just didn't duet or do no, anything? They did it at the, in Kilkenny. Quite odd. They played a, they, they, they did um, that kind of Christian hymn country duo thing which is uh, May the Circle Be Unbroken okay yeah it's good little tune <laughs> it's good little tune like, absolute banger why do you randomly sing together for the first time in 25 years in, in Kilkenny? Kilkenny are they big like curling fans or something uh, Glenn Hansen was on the bill uh, presumably just turned did up. he just rock up yeah. like as the two of them are like <laughs> sharing a mic Glenn just emerges behind them I don't think I think thankfully he was security yeah, I think thankfully he like he was quarantined during that moment <laughs> Because talk about fucking ruining it. You've got to sequester the answered, I think, at that point. <laughs> sequester the answered. Uh, I believe people had a good time. It seemed like it got good reviews and stuff. Yeah, it was one of those ones I was like, uh, you should probably see them now. Do you know what I mean? No, I it's they... not for me, though. Yeah, I don't I think. Don't know. Speaking of David Tapley, though, and Tandem Felix, brand new song, Imminent. I'm uh, excited. As of Monday, uh, you can go check it out. I've heard it. It's really good. It's called Nightclub, open brackets, I sold my soul to the devil, close brackets. <laughs> and it's great. Are the lyrics quite wry? They're very wry. And the video, <laughs> wait till wait, you see the video. Oh my God, I have to. Okay. The video is a compendium of David Tapley looks. Big hair, nice jackets, him running around the place looking a bit confused. <laughs> uh, so check all that out. Yeah. Good quality content, nice. Yeah, we need good quality content because everyone's mad, Craig. Because Lizzo-mania has hit. Yeah, I think I missed all this as well. <clears throat> yeah, I missed most of it as well because I've been boycotting Lizzo, of course. Of course. She sold out the Olympia. <laughs> Within <laughs> yeah. a minute, right? Oh, God. I mean, this, so this whole thing, right? Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Lizzo is a musical artist who this year decried music journalism. And I have been very petty and I've decided not to listen to her album until 2020. Thus ruling it out of No Encore's Best of 2019. Uh, <laughs> Dahi is furious about this. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> uh, Dahi is not here this week. He's over at the Latitude Festival back next week. So, yeah, essentially, uh, she announced an Olympic Theatre gig, and everyone knew what would happen. Everyone knew that it would sell out in seconds, and that the touts would win out, and that there'd be all kinds of scamming going on. Yeah. Apparently there was. There was a pre-sale, and that sold out in 90 seconds. The general sale went on Friday and sold out in seconds as well. Now, some people have, have put forward a bit of a conspiracy theory here. I've seen it okay. doing the rounds on Twitter. <clears throat> I've seen, like, screenshots of WhatsApps that say, like, my friend works for Ticketmaster, and she said that, like... 
there was only like fucking 50 tickets or 100 tickets or 400 tickets, whatever it is, like, you know, on general sale. All the other ones had been eaten up previously. Other people have said that when they were in the queue on Ticketmaster, and again, I don't know how true any of this is, but they said that, like, effectively tickets sold out and then they were redirected into a new queue that offered them like upper circle tickets at a much more expensive price and then in the same kind of generation of all this kind of stuff happening uh you got a thing where it said like diamond platinum tickets or something yeah i think the platinum which tickets didn't were exist, 140 but there were previously no platinum tickets available at all and they apparently like they so people are accusing ticketmaster of repurposing of basically selling it out right opening it up again and then putting a new fancy name on this ticket that you're suddenly and charging 50 euro extra for. So that's what people are, are, are accusing Ticketmaster of. So it mm. used to just be that, like, Seatwave and Viagogo or whoever were, like, and, and the touts were your big enemy. And people are suggesting that it's an, that the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> I did some work when I was in um, News Talk on looking at, like, touting and stuff. And I talked to, like, the head of... What was his role? He worked previously for a lot of venues and he was kind of heading up uh, a council about like ticket security for ages um, in the UK. Really interesting guy. But he was kind of talking off the record about investigations he'd done and how it was linked to kind of crime and stuff. And he kind of said, not necessarily Ticketmaster, but it's like, it's not really the resellers or the touts. There's a lot of stuff going on, yeah, within the house. Um, So yes, I'm not at all surprised. I wouldn't be surprised... Um, if any of that speculation might kind of bear so how through. do we how do we defeat this is the question um, the nightmare <laughs> I don't I don't really know we're getting fleeced just in general even openly like I, I the, the tickets for Neil Young and Bob Dylan were like ninety quid I think for the Kilkenny show and someone did a comparison where same gig in like um what was it Dusseldorf some some German place was like twenty five quid the same bill. Yeah, like but they France, didn't, they didn't like have Glenn Hansard, though. So. <laughs> but just the Irish are getting fleeced, because we'll just... Academy Award winning we'll just gobble up the musician. tickets. Like, it's still sold out, you know? If yeah. there's the demand, of course people will chance their arm. Um, and she'll be back, I'd say, within a year and do Tree Arena. Is she that big? Right. I guess she is that big. Like, if that's the kind uh, yeah. of takeaway. When was the Olympia announced? It was oh, Jesus. I mean, recently enough to very have known that it would around, instantly yeah. sell out. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, whatever date she has available, there's no possibility for doing any anything extra or bigger or whatever. And, like, I think Three Arena might be booked out the night as well or something. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you think that, like, you know, taking a punt on her for a Trinity Summer Series next year, maybe, or something? Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, still cancelled as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Um, here I'm going to go and get a glass of water because this is really warm and my mouth is very dry okay so you just intro this next song hold on song <laughs> hold on a second <laughs> I'm having a fever we expressly told Alan who's stepping in Alan Bennett who's doing editing on this um, in the absence of a Sonic Architect Eve that this would be a clean one there'd be no breaks whatsoever it's not a break that's why you're going to keep it going this isn't a break <laughs> oh really yeah I'm just going to walk so I'm just going to read a news story to myself I'll be back in about 30 seconds <laughs> alright okay go on alright Big news this week, guys, as Dave walks across the room. <laughs> uh, the most played song of the 21st century in Britain has been announced, and it's Snow Patrol's Chasing Cars. Not seeing wrong with that, do you? Well, considering it went to, like, number six, I think, when it actually came out. How is that the most played song of the 21st century thus far? Do you remember when you reviewed them in, I think it was Marley Park? Yes. For Hot Press? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Gary Lightbody was going through stuff. But I remember you said that it was towards the end of the set they started up chasing cars and one bloke in front of you put up his hands in triumph and screamed. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yes, like, I can't believe they're doing my song. Like, it was a B-side off their first album or something. <laughs> 
as if they wouldn't play it. It was so good. Um, yeah, this is um, based on kind of licensing figures and stuff. So it's radio play, I guess, if it's played in shops, um, ads, that kind of stuff. So old-fashioned media, generally. Gary Lightbody said, I've never been able to figure out entirely why it's been such a success. It's one of the most played songs around the world, and I don't know why. It's simple, it's heartfelt, it's honest. These are all things appealing to people, and I don't know why. <laughs> he sounds like he was like trying to close his door on a reporter. I don't know why. I just No <laughs> comment. No comment. Uh, I interviewed Gary Lightbody last year. I was, yeah. very, I was very taken with him. Um, um, granted, this is like a long time after he wrote the song, but um, <laughs> it was time to heal. <laughs> I, Forgiven, I, I, I've forgiven him. Yeah, Jason Carr was one of those ones where it just it, it became like hearing a word too often. It, like it yeah. just became too much of a thing. Like Clocks by Coldplay, mm. and at I that guess the point, Grey's Anatomy thing was the big crossover, I mean, like, right? I mean, like I'm sure it's bought them many houses. Like you know, yeah. Um, if you were interested in hearing what was at um, number two, number three, Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling. Fuck's sake. I, like, again, flashback to me in Drada seeing that video for the first time in 2008 or whatever it was and me saying out loud, that song's not going to go anywhere. Like, yeah. talk about I mean, it. That one kind of makes more sense to me just in terms of when I think like anecdotally about like the ubiquity of it. I think I heard that more. No, that's a classic just like, just stick it on. It's Friday evening. It's more of a club song. As well. You're going to hear it. Yeah. You know, with all the clubs you go to. Pharrell's Happy. Where is that being played? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot of, like there's a lot of recency bias here as well. Particularly that one. That feels like it's just crowbarred in. Yeah. I mean, surely, like, you know... There should be some, like, Ed Sheeran on this, or Drake, or... Oh, well, uh, we'll get to him, I should say. Oh, yeah, he's I got should... a new album out <laughs> I should collaborations. I should say, listener, we're not reviewing the new Blood Orange album. We're reviewing the new Ed Sheeran album <laughs> on this episode. Of course we are. Ed Sheeran has teamed up on that album with Justin Bieber, who is back in the news uh, in, in, in a I kind of feel sorry for him kind of way. Yeah, uh, turns out he's a big Tool fan, um, and he was expressing this uh, online... And Maynard James Keenan of the band Tool went with hashtag bummer. Um, so Hayley Bieber, formerly Hayley Baldwin, has hit out in Maynard uh, for dissing Justin Bieber for having or for being a massive Tool fan. During a road trip, Bieber posted some lyrics to his Instagram story, challenging his follow- followers to guess what uh, the song was. Yeah, so he's off the bat there, he's being a bit <laughs> cocky about the situation. Yeah. You should be looking but to clearly, educate your fans. I also think, like, he was right, right? I'm sure they didn't get it. Of course not, no. Uh, it was for, uh, lyrics from the song The Pot, uh, which was on their last album from 2006. 13 years ago. New one's out in August. Uh, supposedly. Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Keenan responded um, about the fandom, writing hashtag bummer. This all went down on Twitter. He didn't like hit up his own Instagram story. Uh, Haley Bieber, who hadn't tweeted for a while, came along and said, "You must be unhappy with yourself that you want to make people feel small who express their admiration for you." He expressed that he was a fan of your music, grew up listening to your music. I hope you find security within yourself. Very childish and hurtful thing to do, and a sad place to be. Now, I've taken that quote out of context in that I literally read it wrong, but all the words <laughs> in that all the in, the in that all the words are actually in a different order, but they mean the same thing. Um, do you think that, I mean, I think obviously Justin Bieber is a hard guy to feel sorry for in many ways because he seems like a bit of a prick, but at the same time... He's on the new Ed Sheeran album. He's on the new new Ed Sheeran album. Um, at the same time, you know, he's clearly a guy who's been like put into a world that he can't get out of and it's clearly burned him in a lot of ways. I don't wish any ill against him if he is a bit ignorant in life. I hope he overcomes that. I think he's associated with a church that are kind of grim and homophobic, which isn't cool. They're like a very modern, hip, like mega church where the pastor's in like vans and chilling out. Yeah, that's less of a problem. The more problem is if they have an actual problem with gay people, then fuck them. But I mean, ultimately, the Bieber thing here is kind of like, 
I mean, like, imagine, imagine you were like super famous and you went, oh man, I cannot wait to hear the new Slipknot album. And Corey Taylor was like, I fucking hate you. Yeah. That's no fun. Uh, now, really, now Justin not... Bieber knows how Leo Varadkar felt when he stood backstage at LCD Sound System. Oh yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Um, but you know what? After reading Meet Me in the Vatrum, I was kind of like, yeah, Leo probably, you know, I feel sorry for him now because they just seem like not great people. They're not great people, no. Um, very self-absorbed. We had that like Johnny Meyer banning David Cameron thing, but at least that was political. Like Justin Bieber's just a pop star who's trying his best. I think he's a bit of a twat, but it's it's very it's a very Maynard James Keenan. I was going to say though, like as well. Like I mean, provocative. I feel like I'd rather hang out with Justin Bieber. Maybe no. I mean, it would depend on the context. I, I suppose think, I'd love to interview both that, of them together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be the moderator. I feel like anyone that owns a vineyard is like on my list. I think Andrea Pirlo owns a vineyard. Or, yeah, he's or at least I can just he's, picture him lunging around he's, in yeah. one. Stroking, he's continental. Stroking his magnificent beard. If you're an American owning a vineyard, I think, no. Bieber is also back in the news because he features on a new remix of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, which was released. Um, I guess we should really quickly talk about this kind of new remix culture that we live in. I'm really ready for Lil Nas X to fuck off. Oh my god, Dolly Parton's the latest one. He's just like, who wants their Dolly on? I'm like, really? We're doing we're Lil Wayne this has even more. A remix. So he put out a new remix of Old Town Road with, I believe, the Yodeling Kid. Yeah, and someone else who I forget. And the video has Keanu Reeves in like, it. Like, obviously, a it's a big part of say hip hop culture, but this feels definitely his whole the, thing with, is memes. That's, that, that, I was that's, gonna say like, with Lil Nas, it's just it's not a song; it's a meme. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I hate it. Yeah, I'm not here for it at all. Yeah, it needs to go away. It's like that fucking face app thing that popped up this week where everyone's, here's my old face, everyone. Do you reckon Lil Nas X is in collusion with the Russians? I think because, so, yeah. yeah. I just want all of it to go. Like, it's been a bad year for memes, Craig, I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think is this the year the meme died? Is, are memes killing music? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been a bad year for memes. I think it's been a bad year for music. I think it's been a bad year for films. I think it's been a bad year for TV. I think it's been a bad year for culture in general. Has it been a bad year for Rihanna? I think she did pretty well on that list we had recently, didn't we? Like, yeah, she's, she's like the she's, richest she's woman, the richest in woman ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. of all time. <laughs> well, <laughs> being rich can't stop her being accused of cultural appropriation. There you go. She's done uh, a new cover shoot for. We should stress this: Harper's Bazaar, China, China. It's going out in China. All right, Trump. All right. <laughs> Very Trump of you. She's putting she's <laughs> China. China. Did you see that compilation? Of him saying China. Yeah, yes. It's, it's hilarious. It's my yeah. favourite thing. He, I, I've said this before. He would be one of the great comedy characters if he wasn't, if he wasn't so, the yeah. president of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. If he wasn't so dangerous. And horrific yeah. as a human like being. Like before he was the president. Yeah. We could all have a laugh. Watch yeah. your And now you're kind of like, have a few he beers. might just kill us all. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's going to get fucking re-elected, isn't he? It's going to happen. Probably. Because we don't learn nothing. Did you hear the Epstein stuff? Dark stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's grim. And, anyway, he's, and he's openly being racist towards congresswomen. Yeah, he's doing that to deflect from the fact he used to hang out with a music convicted podcast. This sex is a music offender. Podcast. Music podcast. Remember, I outlawed all mentions of Trump. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, you brought him up. I know. I know. We said, right. You said China, like he says. China. It. China. Okay, move on. Back to Rihanna. Um, she's putting the finishing touches to her new album, um, but she found time to pose on the front page of Harper's Bazaar, the China edition, um, in attire that's reminiscent of traditional Chinese fashion. Likewise, her hairstyle and jewellery hark to similar Chinese styles, while the centre of her lips are painted in red. Um, on Instagram, Harper's Bazaar China themselves described the look as when Western style icon meets Eastern aesthetic. Um... 
it's caused a lot of consternation uh, on social media, shockingly. Uh, one person commented on Instagram, I'm Asian and I find it offensive. I know Rihanna and the creators of this photo doesn't give a shit about my opinion, which only proves that the disrespect I have to our culture. If you wanted to create an Asian look, why didn't you invite Asian artists? And there was other kind of similar comments. So I guess this is one of those stories where it's like a few people have expressed outrage and suddenly it's newsworthy. Yeah, that's what happens, yeah. Is it not like I don't know? I'm look. Listen, neither of us are fucking able to comment on what is and what isn't cultural appropriation. I don't think so this gonna, is okay. Well, I, 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 okay. Well, I said neither of us. You've said you okay. are. Off you go. Okay. Okay. My point with this would be they were getting Rihanna to appear on the front of the magazine. There's an interview with her. It's not like the role could have gone to someone else. Do you know what I mean? Are they not saying specifically that the look, the aesthetic of what she was sporting? Well, like that comment, rather specific- than her being there at all. That comment was kind of saying, why didn't they get Asian stars if they wanted someone to have a Chinese look? But I guess the point would be that Rihanna is doing something for a Chinese publication where she's kind of honouring or venerating a different culture. Like, it's clearly done in the spirit of, I kind of like this stuff, I'm like raising it up, I'm trying to be a part of your uh, yeah, culture. Yeah, I mean, like, where do you draw the line? I mean, like, fucking like, you know, some bloke went into Love Island this week, which I don't watch, by the way. <laughs> And he is like a lad from Limerick who has like Chinese characters tattooed in his oh, well, yeah, on his rippling torso, and it's like, are we going to go back now? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't cancel all the lads who got shit Chinese writing tattoos on their holidays yeah. when they were younger because obviously shit tattoos. But are we going to be like, you can't do that? You're not Chinese, probably. I don't know. But we never did it then, did we? I don't. Yeah, it's the classic 2019 lens thing, applying it to whatever the. F- I don't know. I mean, like, again, I'm not like this is like I'm worried that I am going to turn to fucking Alex Jones over here. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I know it just feels. A I don't bit. know. I, I just feel like what I do feel like is that social media in general has just become so toxic. Yeah, it's like this fucking, is the problem. No matter no matter what it is, whether it's something like you know where you can be like, yeah, look, that's totally valid, or whether it's just like anything. I guess my point would be, I feel like any outrage of this is disingenuous. It's attention-seeking, which, you, do you know what I mean? Well, no that's one what can social media is, baby. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Oh, God. Thank God we have a podcast instead, right? Yeah, it's great, yeah. Um, like, Will we talk about Tupac? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Come on, let's, let's wrap up with the Tupac. The former director of Iowa's <laughs> social services agency uh, was a huge fan of the late rapper Tupac Shakur. As we all were. And he frequently let his colleagues and subordinates know about this. Emails obtained by the Associated Press show that the Iowa Department of Human Services Director Jerry Foxhoven sent messages to employees lauding Tupac's music and lyrics even after at least one complaint to lawmakers. Shortly before he was ousted, he sent another such email to all (laughs) 4,300 agency employees. The 66-year-old told his employees that he'd been a huge fan of hip-hop artists for years. He hosted weekly Tupac Fridays to play his yeah, music. Very close to Hip Hop Fridays, which we used to host in, in the press office. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, until we were told to turn off that loud, aggressive music. Yeah, which Remember? we didn't hear when, say, rock and roll was played. Strange, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he traded Tupac lyrics with employees and marked his own 65th birthday with Tupac themed cookies, including <laughs> ones decorated with the words Thug Life. The agency released 350 pages of emails with the words Tupac or two with the number pack sent to and from Foxhoven during his two-year tenure. Uh, they showed that he marked the anniversary of his death, shared one of his lyrics about love on Valentine's Day, and used the rapper's image to try and improve the agency's culture. Uh, he was doing it for the culture. He told, he told his colleagues he was inspired by Tupac's lyrics that included, it's time for us as a people to start making some changes. He sounds great. This guy sounds yeah, excellent. Really good person. Now, some people thought that he was. Some people praised him for injecting levity and inspiration into a stressful workplace, but at least one person, one fucking snitch, oh, my God. complained to the law. 
and gave out about it and basically it's all over now. But, I mean, I've heard worse office behaviour. This is great. That will brighten up my day. And, like, yeah, it seems like the majority of people were into it. Like, it says here he traded Tupac lyrics with employees. So he wasn't just rapping. He was, you know, trading bars. Yeah. He, like, (laughs) he brought people cookies on his own birthday? He's actually like Jesus. So the company, the company uh, has had multiple controversies, and <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like he wasn't. There's he didn't like, part company with did, the company. Like, yeah. uh, reason cited here for for the co- the company's kind of uh, grim tenure is that like uh, difficult contract negotiations, uh, mistreatment of people, and an uptick in deaths at a center for the disabled. So no laughing matter. Uh, Fox Oven, though asked about this, said in a text message that he believed that they had made a decision to go in a different direction before he sent his email. And said he wasn't given a reason for the resignation, but he doubted that Tupac was a factor. Uh, the email included what he called an inspirational quote from Tupac. Pay no mind to those who talk behind your back. It simply means that you are two steps ahead. So there you go. That sounds like he knew the writing was on, on the wall at that point. That sounds quite pointed compared to the other ones. Do you know what I mean? If you found yourself in a position where you were losing your mind <laughs> and you were going to send all mails about a musician... I think we know... <laughs> I just who want, would it be? Yeah, uh, well, it'd obviously be Kanye, right? <laughs> I mean, it'd be Jay Paul if there was any like content <laughs> sent or he had done any interviews. But I just like the idea that like one day he thought I really have to do something. Uh, morale is low. <laughs> uh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach into my old Tupac records and just he'll know what to do. Yeah, he needs to fucking become mates with the guy who petitioned to get the Easy E bench in uh, that small British <laughs> that town. Small British town, yeah. Yeah, and he's also he's at retirement age now, so he can go and just chill. I don't yeah, think, enjoy I don't, the rest of his tug life. <laughs> I don't think this guy has done anything wrong. No, not at all. Well, well that we not know in of. terms of the group emails. <laughs> he may he may have done other things wrong. I mean, I will say in fairness, that's a very very large company to be getting that many group emails. There's nothing worse than. A group email that turns into like a thread. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? People are just firing stuff back and forth. And Can you take me out of these emails, please? Yeah, and the two pack lyrics are flying across the office, and you're you've got a and deadline. Then, the, then like the HTML, the, the thread becomes so big that the email thing just collapses, and then the yeah. letters go everywhere. It looks like fucking heads of leaves or something. Yeah, yeah, not um, really into it. So this week for songs of the week, Craig, uh, it's been a bit of a barren wasteland out there, <laughs> don't you think? It's been quiet. It's summertime. It feels like we're in holiday mode, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the studio... Dobby can't even be bothered turning up. <laughs> what are we going to do? do With our boy. Do you think we should say it to him? Do you feel like he's, like, maybe prioritizing his music career over yeah. his talking about music the career? The music career, uh, his new house, <laughs> his partner, uh, if he wants to just have a day where he plays video games... I'm worried about him. I think he's a bit mixed you think, up. You think he's I going, think he needs he's, a, he's a proper down, talk. He's going yeah. down the wrong road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's work on an intervention. Okay. Okay, we'll see what happens. But for now, songs of the week. Uh, again, talk about uh, a bit of a, a bit of a hodgepodge. Where should we start, do you think? Um, will I start? Uh, I think I'll start. Okay. With a song. What have you got for us? <laughs> well, this song uh, uh, smashed into the charts, the, the Irish charts, at number 20 there. With a bullet, as yeah, they used number to 20. say. Yeah, number 20. And I figured, like, that's newsworthy. It's a song from uh, 19 years ago. <laughs> it's Westlife. <laughs> it's when you're looking like that. Yeah, 
So yeah, slim pickings this week. Um, hell of a tune, though. Yeah, Max Martin, I didn't realise, was one of the songwriters on it. Didn't know that. Um, a team of Swedish songwriters, which you can well hear. You can tell. It still sounds kind of fresh. Production I mean, listen, is, it, it is, was great coming to it with fresh ears. It is literally say. a song of the week. Like, when you, when you suggested it, I was like, yeah, I haven't stuck that on in a while. When I suggested it, you wrote back and went, yeah, fuck it, go on. And I wrote back and I was like, seriously? <laughs> like, we're doing this? The opening line. Are, are you going to... I didn't check the lyrics. Go on. Does he say five foot ten catsuit and bandy eyes? <laughs> Which kind of I was like, what? Did he okay, just say? Google those lyrics immediately. Okay, as I steer this, he back. definitely says catsuit. I think a lot of boy band lyrics could, in fact, be looked at again. I think it was a different time in terms of you know, particularly the turn of the century. There's definitely a lot of stuff out there. Oh, do you know what I discovered recently? Someone was asking like a weirdly niche question about like what song was number one on the day you were like not not the day you were born, but like. They gave some weird day, and I looked up what it was, and I had Freak Me by Another Level was number one on one of my birthdays. That's not bad. That's, That's a pretty, pretty good, good one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think ultimately a lot of these songs, because people always do that thing when someone gets cancelled, they look back at their lyrics like a Ryan Adams or a brand new, and they go, oh, look, yeah. we should have known. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, there's lots of them hiding in plain sight, guys. Bambi eyes. Bambi. Bambi. Okay. That makes more sense. So give me the give me the lyric again. She's she's a five foot ten in cat suit and Bambi eyes. I'm still having problems with it. Yeah, it's quite honest. It cat suit. It doesn't sound like a real human being or a real hero. No. She's all dressed up for glamour and rock and roll. I love that bit when they mention rock and roll and the song <laughs> <laughs> a guitar <laughs> emerges yeah. from. Did Jeremy Renner write this song? <laughs> It sounds like he'd be really into it. This is the biggest song they ever had in Ireland in terms of plays. It's only the sixth biggest they ever had in the UK. So for some reason, this is what the Irish take as the quintessential calling card of Westlife. I think it's their best song. I think it is. They don't have many good songs in fairness. Like mm-hmm. there's a this whole like nineties kind of turn of the century revival of pop music where like they're playing and people are like, actually they were great. No, they weren't, okay? But that's just hard-bitten nostalgia. Yeah, but I... D- that's I recognise that thing and I feel comfortable about it. I'm not having it. Really? Yeah. I, okay. I, I disagree. I like the song. Yeah, it's it's pretty... It's pretty good. It is their best song. It was all downhill after this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what did you bring to the table this week? Is it from 2019? It's very, very similar. It's from 2019. <laughs> it is the return of the great David Berman. Who says everyone? <laughs> I'll tell you. <ya. laughs> As new bands called Purple Mountains. Check it out. I mean, things have not been going well. It's time I think I finally fucked myself. You see, the life I live is sick. And in I spent a decade playing chicken with oblivion. Day to day I'm neck We're giving in on the same. That's that's just the way that I feel with the opening track from Purple Mountains from Purple Mountains. Um, I was eagerly awaiting his return, um, not least when we spoke to Stephen Machmus on the podcast and who he's good friends with, and he was kind of talking about him in you know hushed tones of like, oh yeah, he's 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 writing again um, because David Berman. Uh, hadn't done anything in about a decade. Um, Dan Bejar um, has spoken the same from Destroyers, kind of being like, oh yeah, he's coming back. It's like a really big deal. 
Uh, a guy in work on Monday was just like, have you heard Purple Mountains? I think you'd like them. They're really good. I'm like, having a clue who they are, mate. Stuck them on. Three tracks in. I was like, these kind of sound like David Berman. I was like, oh yeah, it is actually David Berman. So, David Berman. Well, you were outcraigued by a coworker. I was outcraigued. David Berman was in a band called Silver Jews, who Steve Machmas started alongside him. Um, around about the time Pavement also took off, so he quickly left. Um, but I guess you would see them as like a kind of countrified pavement to a certain extent. Um, they've made a number of albums. He's had a really, really tough life. He's battled depression. He had a kind of crack addiction. Um, but he is seen and kind of venerated as an exceptional lyricist, uh, first and foremost. Um, and yeah, this new album is just getting kind of cross the board rave reviews. He's still got it. Um, he's been away. He's kind of, I don't know. Um, he's quite a kind of depressive character but he's got some way with words he's like one of those few lyricists I think from his generation where the words written on the page like are as good as the way he sings them um, and yeah this is a kind of good opener it's a bit kind of honky tonk the rest of the album is less so if you're worried about that but yeah some absolutely great songwriting on it I liked the honky tonk actually oh um, yeah it was weird because like in the the batch of songs of the week that we kind of threw together uh, the new Whitney track was in there at one stage, which is yes. well well it worth checking out. Much, yeah, but yeah. it's no Westlife from nineteen years ago, and thus it didn't make it in. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the kind of like the them kind of rolling into each other, and yeah, a lot of the songs I was into this week kind of had that you know that kind of air of just kind of walkabout songs, I suppose, or something. Yeah, um, you know, very much kind of the earthy. Uh, soul-searching kind of life under the collar thing and with this one there's no exception yeah I, it grabbed me like I, I found myself more just kind of tuning into uh, I suppose the physicality of it than even what he was saying oh really but I do like how he says it yeah 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 it's not complicated no and that, I think that's actually a bit of a departure for him because he used to be much more um, veiled and stuff but this is probably his most direct work overall as an album um uh, it's like, you know, the kind of the stuff in the 90s was beautifully sloppy in a kind of very pavement way. Um, but this is him kind of really cleaning up. And the reason he was away for a decade is pretty amazing, right? So it turns out his dad is an awful, awful lobbyist for like the worst of America, like corporate America, right? And he left music 10 years ago to battle, like to campaign against his dad. who <laughs> Apparently this Richard Berman guy, right? Uh, his organizations have run numerous media campaigns uh, concerning, and I should mention, like, in support of, obesity, <laughs> I guess, you know, kind of battling, counteracting studies and stuff, soda taxation, smoking, cruelty to animals, mad cow disease, taxes, the national debt, drinking and driving, as well as not increasing the minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's his dad. It's like a fucking so just, yeah, yeah, cartoon incredible. villain. Incredible. Jesus. Incredible. So I don't know if he gave up or I don't know if he succeeded, but he's back at the music. Okay, real quick. The album came out last Friday. Uh, based on your kind of intro there, is it like a depressing experience to listen to? Or is no, it it's not. Like- because I think musically, like it's got those really warm horns. He's got the, like he's very humorous about it. Like it's kind of self-deprecating. He lifts it up when necessary. No, it's not. It's a very easy listen. Um, it's it's depressingly uplifting, I guess. So okay. definitely check it out. Second single from an album that we're probably going to cover next month, but at the same time, again, tough week for songs, <laughs> guys. And that's why Charlie XCX is back with Christine of Christine and the Queen's fame. And this track is called Gone.
on off your best of 2019 shortlist, Craig? Or will it stay? Is it good? People seem to really like this one. I think it's better than the last one. It's better than the last one. I was getting a bit concerned about this upcoming record. Um... Because we've been saying for some time that like we obviously really want Charlie XEX to have that big, massive mainstream breakthrough as you know, kind of her own star. Um, and the way we'd like it done is by her just like uncompromising, just having her big pop moments. It seems like maybe she was bending like slightly towards the pop mainstream. This is AG Cook uh, production. Um, it's kind of it's very metallic. It's very abrasive. It's kind of, it's tackling that, you know, um, dealing with anxiety thing. The pop music is doing quite a lot at the moment, but it's doing it in a very direct and like honest way that it doesn't feel like it's kind of pandering to any kind of current climate or blah, blah, blah. There's some really nice aggression in the kind of catchiness. Uh, It's not up there with her best ever stuff. But it's definitely more in the right direction, I think, for me. Yeah, it's enough to make me kind of go... I mean, obviously, the album's going to come out. I'm going to listen to it regardless. Yes, but yeah, it's, it's enough to make me now kind of go, oh, class, yeah, maybe this could be great. Um, not top-tier Charlie XCX, but definitely strong. Uh, I think they work well together. Yeah, and like I, I'm not a fan of Christine particularly. No, I don't know yeah, most of her stuff. I think I would kind of... I rejected her because of that moment she had. I had with, two weeks yeah. with that moment where I was like, this is fucking Yeah, I remember amazing. you were part of And that. then you were yeah. like, it isn't. Yeah. And I was like, this is class, man. And then I was like, I fucking hate it now. Go away. Yeah, I remember like... Tilted is the name of the song. Yeah, seeing her live. And it was all the discussion of like, the the dancing is just incredible. And I don't know. It didn't shine with me. I think she's great on this. Like, I like her energy kind of when it's funneled into that, you know, frustrated, angry thing. Uh, she was like a big presence on the song. So, yeah, they're both, they both work really well together. Just announced for Electric Picnic as well, Charlie XCX, mm. along with 40 other names or 39 other names. So, if you're going to that one, I might see you there. I don't know if I'm going. I might be. <laughs> but someone you won't see there, because <laughs> he's a busy man and, Main wasn't, event. <laughs> and wasn't booked for the festival, is the man behind our new album of the week. Uh, new album of the week? I don't know. Yeah. As you can see, I'm just very excited about this one. But he's not alone. In fact, he's gone through the phone book and taken just about every name he possibly could. It is, of course, Ed Sheeran. The album is the number six collaborations project. <laughs> Catchy. <laughs> Let's have a team up between him Eminem and 50 Cent. Oh, you're fucking spoiled, guys. <laughs> this song is called Remember the Name. Time to tell what? if I'd prevail, huh? and all I did was what? put nine inch nails Where? in my eyelids. Now what? I'm seeing diamond sales. Craig Spadrick, like who's Ed Sheeran? <laughs> um, he's probably best known as um, the cousin, first cousin of the wonderfully talented artist uh, Laura Sheeran, and um, that's pretty much all I know about him. 
Um, no, I don't know. Globe straddling pop monster um, from just outside Ipswich, as he, he mentions on this song, in which he raps. He's not best known for his rapping. Instead, he kind of uh, came up couch surfing, uh, didn't go to college, as he won't let us forget. Um, does it all himself, usually. Um, and has had many, 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 many hits written for lots of other people. He's very talented at what he does, which is just have hits. Um, and this, like the number six in the title of this is a reference to an EP he did around about 2011, I believe, which was number five. Uh, it was the end of a kind of EP run he did at the time to try and get signed. Um, that was similarly a collaborations project. Um, I found him working with the likes of Wiley, kind of dipping into grime, which he does again here. But it was more him doing social commentary and quite like hard hitting for him type stuff. As he does here, not really, no. <laughs> um, this is way more inward looking. It's kind of a celebration of um, maybe the most successful collaboration of his life, his marriage um, to Cherry Seaborn, which he confirmed this week. Many of the songs are about that and how the rest Slightly of the world applauding. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the two of them who are real and not cool. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> does that cover it? I think so, yeah. Um, that's fair enough. Oh, he did Galway Girl as well. <laughs> So not the original. <laughs> I mean, the first thing we heard on this was the track with Justin Bieber, I Don't Care, which was very much the two of them being like, we're married now, it's great. Mm. And that track was nothing to write home about, but it's probably the best track on this album. Yeah. <laughs> and mainly down to Justin having a bit of star quality and actually seeming to like vibe quite well with him, which you can't be said for like some of the other collabs. They're like, for an Ed Sheeran album, there hasn't been a ton of buzz. I mean, like, I think people recognize that this is a bit of a throwaway thing. However, for anyone who has been living under a rock... The names on this record who collaborate on the tracks. Khalid, Camille Cabello, Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, Stormzy, Justin Bieber, Travis Scott, 50 Cent, Eminem, Jay Huss, Young Thug, LMA, A Boogie with a Hoodie, Meek Mill, Skrillex, Bruno Mars, and Chris Stapleton, and others. I mean, like, like what, what is the point of this? Like, could you be more soulless? There's nothing here. Like, the, like I'm going to cut to the chase. It's not even that, oh, this is so bad, it's terrible. There's just nothing here. I've listened to it a few times. Didn't pass the five listen test at all. I couldn't do yeah. it. 15 tracks, like, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you indulgent prick. <laughs> I mean, like, what the fuck? Who's it for? Apart from apart from the obvious answer. Apart streams, from... streams, streams. He's talked about this being, like, um, it's it's the most kind of daring he's been because he's mixing it up in terms of genres. Doing some rapping. He's, he's doing some rapping. I, I think he's. I think he's got a big chip on his shoulder about the rapping thing. Yeah, about a lot of things. Well, <laughs> you know, we know that for sure. But I, th- I think he really, like, I think it really, he resents not being taken seriously. Yeah, because people don't believe that he writes rhymes. As he, he resents f- not being taken seriously as a rapper. <laughs> the audacity of him rapping on a song with Eminem and Fifty Cent, which is like they're not good on it either. This is the nadir of their career. <laughs> um, like, saying something really is. Um, but imagine, like, he clearly idolizes them. Imagine being like, I'm going to get on this track with the lads, and he breaks out just like the most basic nonsense of all time um everything feels literally phoned in everything feels like it was all conducted over instagram over like fucking facetime or whatever there's nothing to graft onto here there's nothing enjoyable he has the taylor swift problem where he's just so much of a like entity that it's just like what is there to latch onto he's never going to surprise you i don't think and it's just like Look at great I am. My mates are awesome. We all love each other. I'm married now. Also, I can rap. 
Like that's also I can rap. That's pretty yeah. much what it, what it is. I mean, like there's a lyric right now. There's a lyric on the second track, "South of the Border," which is the track with Camille Cabello oh. and Cardi B, <laughs> one of the most problematic songs of the year. Uh, and like, there's a lyric on this song, right? That like. I desperately wish he said it, but he doesn't. Cardi Does he be cancelled? Oh, it, like, immediately. Cardi get, B get says me on the phone. <laughs> she says, I think Ed got a little jungle fever. Yeah. She hey. said this before, I think, on... She said it about um, G-Eazy. It just seems to be something she Can says. you imagine if Ed Sheeran, referring to himself in the third person, said, I think oh Ed God. got a little jungle fever? Yeah. He does... Um, he does refer to one or both of them as mammy, though, at one point. It's just like... Because he's in, like, Latin Teddy. Like, he keeps calling himself Teddy as well. Oh, yeah. It's like Latin Teddy on this. Like, it reminds me of... Remember Mr. Ben, that show, where, like, the British dude would just go to the costume shop and he'd have an adventure. Like, he'd dress up as a pirate and he'd be a pirate for a bit. This is Ed Sheeran just going into a costume shop and being like, I'm gonna... I'm, now I'm grime Teddy. Now I'm Latin Teddy. But it's... The thing is, like, when I talked to him a few years ago, he talked about... um grew up on ipod culture so i like everything man but like the best artists and like are even just kind of you know decent artists will kind of uh, synthesize all that stuff and come up with something new or like meld together what he does is like he just puts on different hats and like gives a different kind of coat of varnish to like most of these songs are just shape of you just with a trap beat or shape of you just with like a tropicalia thing or like some latin flavor like it's the same song so often which is shocking really like and There's... then he ends he ends with a bit of rock and roll oh, which sorry. is which is like the rock and roll uh, like the Tom Cruise envisaged when he did Rock of Ages the, I mean? yeah the Chris Ableton and Bruno Mars track which is helpfully titled Blow <laughs> is like the worst WWE pay-per-view yeah. theme tune you'll ever hear in which like yeah, it's like porn guitar it's so <laughs> gross and like it's the type of track right that makes a track like Hero by Chad Kroger featuring oh Josie Scott oh my god <laughs> I mean like, which I mean like obviously even by itself is a, is a classic of the genre but like it, it elevates it to such a level that you're like we need to retroactively give that song a lot of awards now I feel a lot of Grammys going to, to Big Chad and Josie um, there's a track I think it's taken back to London where like I can't figure out who he's ripping off. I'm pretty sure it's Justin Timberlake. Uh he he wants to be Justin Timberlake. He does. He said yeah. it. He's literally said that. Yeah. Justin Timberlake is like the template for what Ed Sheeran wants to be. Um And Justin, ironically, just wants to go back to the woods yeah. and live out his days. This is the problem being too successful, I think. You have too much time and too many yes men and enough power. No one's gonna rein you in. Also, Stormzy Outside. They're mates. They're, that's what this is. They're friends. I'm starting to worry Storms. He doesn't have musical taste outside of grime and hip hop because champion. Like he's uh, he's championing some dodgy blokes in terms of just. Musical it's a weird one. I mean, ultimately, like they're pals. So, yeah, he like, what's he gonna do? You know. But like, <sighs> but like, it's blatant what Ed Sheeran is doing with regards to just like ripping off other artists here, and also, I mean. Is it too problematic if I just say that he wants to be black? Like, is that a bad thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, like I just because I get the vibe here that it's not that it's not even that he's like, oh, I like this music. I think he just wants to be these people. I think he wants to be like, like, like. I think he, I think Ed Sheeran looks in the mirror and is like, oh, damn, you know, like, yeah, I'm a multimillionaire and I'm great, but also like, I wish I had this guy's career. I wish I had that girl's career. I wish I was like a different artist yeah. than I am because I just think that like, what can you like? Like, there's a point where he like he drifts into an Ed Sheeran song. Mm. And you're just like, oh man, that's a lousy template to have. Like, that's not like a good 
Like that's your that's your signature. But yeah, but when he does that like once or twice, I kind of relaxed. I was like, okay, you can see why he gets away with this because it just sounds more natural, I guess. He just says I he doesn't. Think... He just says he doesn't care. Do th- Baby, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like remember we, we that's ta- legitimately the best song on the album, and it's not a great song. Yeah, feels is kind of okay. Like just one or two moments where you're like, oh, I understand how he can actually write a formulaic pop chorus. Do you know what I mean? Like he feels like that like brill building dude who should just be like writing for other people or like justin timberlake i feel delivers his kind of big pop songs better than he can do you know what i mean definitely yeah um whereas he can kind of get away with the acoustic kind of heartfelt stuff maybe i feel like you're holding back um i don't know like i just uh, how much how enjoyable was it that you knew that you had to get a flight home listening to this (laughs) this album rather yeah it was a slog and like yeah 15 tracks it's also you know he wants to be justin timberlake He's taking a lot of cues out of the Drake playbook of just stack the tracks, get lots of people on it. But at least, you know, when Drake does like his playlist, like this, this starts kind of with what sounds like a tape being put in. It's like supposed to be, you know, mixtape, we're mixing it up. At least Drake will kind of, even if he's being a bit of a magpie and picking on like other genres, he'll find like the next cool thing or unknowns. This is all just like the biggest stars out there doing like. It's got all the chemistry of a corporate merger. Like, it's... There's no... Like, apart from the Justin Bieber thing, where you can kind of think maybe they hang out and have a beer. Everyone else, you're just like, they didn't meet, or they maybe met, but, like, they, they are just there for the paycheck, and... Uh, I don't know. It's that the worst... bad for him. Like. It's the worst kind of flex. Like, yeah. it's just like, look what I can do, even though I feel like, you know, he's the, he's the least coolest person in this entire room. Could he... Because, you know, he can like he can write a tune to an extent, right? He can write like a pop tune. He's obviously had humongous success, so there's talent there. Could he go a route that would be authentic to him that was a bit like deeper? Could he like can you can you see him ever doing anything interesting creatively? No, because I think <laughs> okay. ultimately He won't let himself or Yeah. Like, or he doesn't have I mean, those like, depths. Yeah. Maybe he has the depths, but like I mean, I don't know what, what it must be like. What age is he? It's still twenty eight, twenty nine. Okay, right. So like, what's he gonna do? Start a hardcore band? I mean like like what's gonna happen? I mean I don't know. I think it's just in a, fairness, he probably grew up listening to more hip hop than hardcore. He's clearly, I mean? he's clearly a very intelligent like, guy. Yeah, and I kind of feel almost bad. I'm like, you know, like, who am I to say he's not like? Because like that was I remember like when I wrote the Hot Press review of his debut album, and they wouldn't print it. And there was one line in particular that I was cited about that you supported. You're like, you can't say that. When I said oh, he had no business doing this kind of music. I said. um but it's 2011, and thus a flame-haired guy with an acoustic guitar right. isn't sexy enough. Uh, so Sheeran and his fucking writing team dive headfirst into genres and styles that they have no business nope. even listening to. Yeah. And you were I like, that's feel, too far, Dave. I feel, yeah. I mean, everyone is like... It was a good line, though, in fairness. It was a good line, <laughs> and you should have fought for it. <laughs> I don't think so. I know, because ve- we very much... You'd disagree with that line, wouldn't you? What I just said? Yeah. I mean... No within, business listening to a certain type of music. Within, Come on, what? Within, what is this show like? <laughs> within reason. Yeah. Look, look what it's brought. <laughs> look, look what it brought. Sorry, you're, okay, yeah, you're a soothsayer. Yeah. <laughs> Eight years later, you get this. You get this, Craig. I have been fucking oh vindicated. God. Oh God. There you go. First, they came for Dave's review, and I said nothing. <laughs> like, like what, what? Like zero out of ten. Like, 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 what do you give this? I mean, like, I will say, I wouldn't say I listened to it, and I didn't realize it was on shuffle. 
until <laughs> until a track came on that I knew was like track four after hearing the horrendous finish. Yeah. And I went, oh yeah, fuck, I'm listening to it on shuffle for like 40 minutes. And then I just thought, well, that didn't change my experience of it whatsoever. This is cold. It is pointless. It doesn't do anything. Um, I will give it marks for not having Galway Girl on it. <laughs> and not being as like... It's not as mean-spirited as, as this last album, which was kind of startling in how... Almost, I, like I hate the word, but kind of toxic. Like it was very odd, that album. That's been there since day one, I think. Yeah, there's less of it here, but it still creeps in where he's just like, like even early doors, he's just like, we'll never be beautiful. We don't want to be beautiful. He seems to be talking to his missus and like, I don't know what's going on. And he's just like, I'm not cool. Don't wear a suit and tie. Like, what's wrong with a suit and tie? Nothing. (laughs) So, uh, two out of ten? Yeah, two out of ten. I don't know. It's a two out of ten. Um... Yeah, actually, do you know what? Okay, what I find tough to deal with is, like, on a song like Remember the Name, where he's rapping alongside 50 Cent and Eminem, he's trying... It's not the fact that he's rapping badly, but that's a huge part of it. It's that he's kind of rapping about, oh, his tough upbringing where he was couch surfing and, like, this kind of self-mythologizing about, like, his tough upbringing. Like, he's he's grabbing hip-hop and framing his story as, like, didn't go to college, I'm keeping it real. When, like, obviously he was just a middle-class British dude that could have gone to college if he just stopped effing and jeffing on couches. Do you know what I mean? That's what I find weird, where he's just like, yeah, I'm just like Stormzy, I had it rough as well. No, you didn't. Like, that is the definition of white male privilege, where it's just like, yeah, I'm just like all these people. It's like, no, you're not, really. Uh, two out of ten. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else have you been listening to? Oh God. Um, lots of New York stuff from the turn of the century. Uh, Strokes, obviously. Interpol's debut album, which I hadn't listened to in ages, is stunning. Oh, it's great. Oh yeah. my God. It's really untitled. Good. That opener. Chills. Chills. <laughs> I can't believe they used it in an episode of Friends. Did that? they? Yeah. For what context? It was a season finale. Yeah. I'm like Friends never used music. You know they I mean? used stuff like, like all by myself and like yeah, like kind of comedic stuff but yeah, it wasn't yeah. like we'll have a big moment it was when joey finally hooked up with rachel wow and as he walks to her hotel room in barbados to kiss her fucking untitled by interval that guitar starts that's yeah. really strange yeah incredible wow okay check that out friends i mean not interval <laughs> <laughs> all seasons on Netflix now. Uh, yeah, I haven't listened to that much. I, I, I've been watching a new show, though. Oh, go on, tell us. Uh, so, Nicholas Winding Refn of Drive fame and I'm in. Only God Forgives and The Neon Demon. I heard, yeah, he's done something. What, what is it? He has a 10-part Amazon show called Too Old to Die Young. It dropped in the middle of June, all in one go. But because it's on Amazon, no one has Amazon. I do. Do you? <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because I didn't unsubscribe after I signed up for a free trial to watch that fucking Guava Island thing for this show. You're you're the (laughs) easiest mark in the business for subscriptions, man. I know. They have all the Seinfeld on there, I believe. Yeah, I've been different. The Seinfeld. (laughs) Hi, I'm my dad now. They do a weird thing where you can't, like, if you search for a show or if you scroll, you can't go into a show and then get all the seasons. It'll be like... Seinfeld season one oh, on its own and you have to go I've heard the layout is terrible just like Netflix it's like, how is this so hard guys yeah, but anyway so you'll find Too Old to Die Young on there so I'll check it out get this right um, would it shock you Craig to learn that this TV show 
is full of really beautiful looking people doing horrible things and they are themselves gross um, <laughs> what is shocking to learn that it moves at a glacial pace with camera moves that go across a room at like I'm oh, talking snail's pace or less so good uh, ultra violence every now and then not a lot of characterization women treated horrifically alright uh, so I'm five episodes in of ten yeah. Uh, so I threw on the first episode to watch it, and it was like an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, well, it's the pilot, I suppose. Sometimes that happens. Nope. Episode two, an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, my God. It's made ten films. So apparently it's like a 13-hour movie. Um, oh. So I'm halfway through, and I, I couldn't tell you if it's good or if it's bad. All I'm saying is that I find it quite mesmerizing in the sense that, like, it is hypnotic. Yeah, I'll check it's it out. It's really nasty and not nice. I don't know what the point of it is, apart from that. But mm. like, how's the soundtrack? This is the thing. Yeah, Cliff Martinez is in there again. Okay, yeah, I'm watching it. <laughs> how did you feel about the Neon Demon, which I fucking loved? I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't. No, I, I understood why people were turned off. I thought it was it. brilliant. I, yeah, I think it might so be his best I. film. Yeah. Um, and with regards to the soundtrack on that one, it does feel a little bit like Cliff Martinez is kind of just using his trash file every now and okay, then. Okay. Not a bad way, but it's very similar. That kind of just like. Uh, floaty kind of you know like weird kind of turn your fucking head around type stuff but like yeah I mean it looks amazing it sounds amazing it's worth checking out if you're into that kind of stuff after after I finish Stranger Things oh are you still watching I I binged that shit I watched the first episode and I was like I'll go back to it soon I guess it's better than season 2 but I still didn't need a season two this. or a season three. They've made the characters horrible. Oh, get ready for people screaming at you like it's a fucking soap opera. Okay, yeah, yeah that's good. Right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Doggy's back next week, I believe. To rein us in. Are we going to do the Chance the Rapper album? I feel like we have to. It's, that's the big one, is it? Yeah. yeah. Also, Will we give Chance one last chance? Hey, <laughs> what is this? It's my first album bullshit, by the way. Um, What the fuck was Acid Rap? What the fuck was Coloring Book? Mixtapes. But come on. Yeah. <laughs> They were like yeah. pretty like second. Coloring book was definitely Coloring book was like marketed as an, an album. album like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. All right, I don't know. He's acting weird. Fair enough. That's fine. Uh, thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. More than welcome. Glad to be back. I've enjoyed this. Glad to have you back. Uh, our eggs music this week <laughs> comes from Elaine May. It's a remix of a Pillow Queen song, their breakthrough song "Gay Girls," which Elaine has put together. Uh, Elaine will have her own new single coming out in the autumn and more music coming out next year give her a follow on social media where she went viral there by the way at the weekend oh, did she for what yeah she had a funny tweet that people enjoyed and what? if you want to see what that funny tweet was go follow her on twitter Elaine I May I will I already do I just didn't check my phone alright so that's the track that was the show back next week
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.